right, confidants. Uh, welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure that we don't know everything. And this is a different episode. I don't want to take up too much time with an intro. I do know a little bit about this subject. I do know just a little bit about this episode's topic. Mostly I'm talking about things that I absolutely have no idea about. But this episode does feel like I know it just a little bit uh, because I have been talking to a young girl named Soraya Reese's mother, Shannon, and she is here joined with us today. And I don't want to take up too much time for an intro. I want to just go ahead and introduce you. Of course, you and I have become very fast friends over the last yes. week. Dare I say family. I feel like we are uh, a kindred spirits in a way of, of soul and um, just like no filter, human real like you have no filter either when it comes to expressing your emotion and i was like this woman's strength is like okay i'm gonna already start crying i'm already start complimenting you so let me just give the <laughs> breakdown to the listeners saray reese was 13 years old she's 14 now she's about to turn 15 soon she was 13 years old when she was wrongfully arrested for uh a crime she did not a crime that was never committed um, and it was all during a mental health crisis when she was in the middle of mania and psychosis. And the last year of your life, it'll be one year actually in three days that she's been gone. And the last year of your life has been an absolute fucking nightmare horror story for any mother family to watch their daughter, who 13 at the time, now 14 year old has had to go through. Um, the injustice of the system. You live in Coos Bay uh, up in Myrtle Point in Oregon, which I think a lot of people think of Portland, liberal town. Like we are uncovering so much ass backward, fucked up, systematic shit that I told Shannon, you know, we're doing a larger piece of, of, of work to try and make this a lot louder. But I think first step is first, get on the podcast. Let's talk to as many fucking people as we can to get just as enraged as we are. Let's talk. Shannon, hi. I love you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> hi. Good morning, Kelsey. Good morning. How are you? I know that's a loaded I'm question, good. but I know today you're actually getting ready for a, a protest and a rally. And yes. tell me how you're feeling. Where's your mind space? Uh, I actually feel good. You know, the last, I'd say the last week, we've just had so much happen and so much exposure with mm. Soraya's case that it's the first time that we feel hopeful. Mm. We've felt hopeful in the mm. last year, but then it, we always get let down. And this time it's just building momentum and building momentum and people are finally listening. And so mm. there's hope that we can yeah. get our daughter out of prison. Exactly. So I want to also just briefly tell some like bullet points of the story. Um, in uh, July 8th of 2019, um, Soraya had been completely yanked off of the antidepressant uh, mood-stabilizing drug Prozac. She was 95 pounds at the time. She had been on it for a couple months, enough to be in her system, and she was on a very high adult dosage of 40 milligrams. And at the recommendation of a local pediatrician who you guys trusted and knew to be her doctor, yanked her off cold turkey of this medication and three days later, as if right on fucking schedule, uh, which is exactly about how long it takes, uh, Soraya went to a, a manic psychosis for the first time ever. And at four in the morning, she uh, needed a cry for help. She had had suicidal ideologies. We know that she has a history of 
of mood disorder and depression in the past and self-harm, which we will be able to get into in a moment. And in her mind, she, you know, this is all stuff she and I have talked about. She, uh, in her mind, her psychosis was telling her that she needed to end her own life. And her psychosis way of getting help and a cry for help and your attention was to take some gasoline from the uh, lawnmower outside and pour a very tiny square, four by four inches, not even an entire square foot of gasoline on the floor of your house. And she never lit it. She never intended to light it. In her mind, she says that she believed it was going to wake you up, that she thought in her head, she was screaming your guys' name and you guys weren't coming. Exactly. And that the only way she could get your attention was to do something drastic. And your husband woke up, Soraya's father woke up, came out, knew something was wrong. This is four in the morning. She found, he found Soraya just sitting cross-legged on the floor, completely in a daze and knew something was wrong, woke you up. And you guys did what you had been told to do a million times, which was call the crisis center, the Coos Health and Wellness Crisis Center. And so that's just where I want to like tee it off. And then I want to get into what happened next. So you woke up, it's four in the morning, your husband's like, something's wrong with Soraya. And you had dealt a little bit with her mental health issues right. in the past. Um, talk me through that morning. They had been her, <clears throat> the last couple weeks of being on that medication before she got yanked off of it, we had noticed her behaviors escalating, escalating. She was getting more erratic. The morning that this happened, when I walked out into the living room, I got scared because I was looking at my daughter. I could see her, but she was vacant. There was nobody in. It scared me to see her. I knew she was checked out. Mm For the last year, they had been telling us, call the Coos County Crisis Response Team at Coos Health and Wellness. They will come out any time of day, 24, 24 hours, hours a day, to come to and be. de-escalate a situation, uh, talk Soraya down from her mania, mm-hmm. whatever. And that's exactly what we, as people have been fighting for, especially with these protests recently, is that we've been asking for this resource. We've been yes. asking for a place where we can call the 24-hour hotline and say, this is not something we need police intervention for. We yes. need a crisis counselor to come to our house. And yes. so that's what you were told to do over and over again if anything yes. happened to her in terms of her, her mental Behaviors health. escalating, her having suicidal mm-hmm. te- ideations. Mm-hmm. Um, if we just needed help, you know, right. there's so few resources in Coos County. So we were really relying on them. We really trusted that they were going to come. And they called the police. They mm-hmm. sent the police to our house. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the police came to our house. I told them what she was doing. Mm-hmm. I told them how she looked. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember how, how cops got called. They kept mm-hmm. saying, mom called the police. Mm-hmm. Mom called the police. No, mom did not call the police. Mom you would never call the cops on your daughter. I would never call the cops on Soraya ever. No. No, not in that situation. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a criminal, right? It wasn't a criminal Nothing, matter. No, crime it was a, heard. oh my God, Soraya needs help matter. It yes. wasn't a, she's trying to burn the goddamn house down. It was, and, and did you, she needs help. Did you at all feel like your life or you also have another daughter, Soraya's sister, Do she's you. younger. Mm-hmm. She's so fucking cute. Hyper. Um, hyper. So funny. With a Y, which I like. Yes. Um, 
She was there as well. Uh, Soraya's younger sister. She was what, four? She was three. Three at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, you, did you at all feel like your life was in no. danger? Not She's 95 even for pounds. one second. No. You have a very strong husband too. Yeah. Yeah. But I no. think we weren't, we weren't scared for us at all. We were scared mm-hmm. for her. Right. And then right. when the police came, that just made it 10 times worse. So tell me about how the police entered. So Aaron Gilbert from Myrtle Point Police Department, he entered first with his gun drawn out of his holster. He came down his hallway, or he came down my hallway, announced himself that he was there. Um, Soraya was standing at the end of the hallway, and he walked right up to her, and he said, I'm going to put the, or I need you to place your hand behind your back. I'm going to put these handcuffs on you for your own safety. And he marched her out of the house. And so they had clearly been updated on some form of the situation from Coos Health and Wellness. Right. Probably told that there is a mentally unstable person in the house who might be a harm to themselves or others. Mm -hmm. And they enter not with um, empathy or understanding. They're going in with, this girl has gasoline. There's a house full of a family. We must be here to assess a crime. The first thing to do is take a 95 pound girl and put her in handcuffs in front of her entire family and yep. take her out of her in front of her little house. sister, in front of her three year old sister, who yeah. I'm sure, you know, we'll get into the trauma that, you know, the PTSD that she has. Yeah. But so um, I'm going to fast forward just for a second to let the confidants know and the listeners of this podcast that Soraya was charged with three counts of attempted homicide and five counts of arson, though a crime did not occur, they did not call the cops, and her parents and the owners of the house did not want to press charges. So I just want to tell people that that's what happened, and she was sentenced to 11 years in juvenile prison without the possibility of parole until she is 25 years old. So that's where we're heading with this. I just want you to let that sink in, listeners. A 13-year-old girl going through psychosis. I get so emotional. Like, I know I have not, like, really, like, this isn't about me, but I'm just trying to imagine not only your position and your family's position, but her. I know. Anyone who has dealt with psychosis, which I have dealt with very intimately with someone very close to me in my life, where they do not recall, there is many, many studies done of, of uh, hallucinations, delusions, mm-hmm. false memories, very, very strong false memories, um, complete blackout, complete no recollection of the psychosis. Uh, people confuse it a little bit with like a schizophrenic um, symptom where people will think they're someone else or they're very paranoid. I have someone in my life who the last time they went into psychosis, they thought they were a British officer who was being spied on by uh, the place that they were at and was speaking to me in a British accent. And it lasted 48 hours. This is on high, 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 high doses of lithium at a mental health center. And they still, even through the mental health centers, drugs and doctors still believe that they this is this was their truth in psychosis and when they came out of it completely fine unharmed completely back to normal was just like 
what? Like, um, it's like hearing stories about yourself. So I just want to like reiterate to people the state that Soraya must have been in to then be taken from her safe space, her family, her home into the cop car of strangers and then taken to juvenile prison, a holding center, a detention center. She was held for 24, what was it? 23? 23 days before we were allowed to see her or talk to her again. Whew. Yeah. 23 days. <laughs> 23 days without being able to talk to your 13-year-old daughter who just had her first manic episode ever. Yep. When I think arguably the thing that she needs the most is her mom in that moment. Yeah. So, I just talked to Soraya last night and I asked her, like, do you, tell me about that night. Tell me about that morning. Soraya, what do you remember? She doesn't remember the event. She remembers that she confessed but doesn't remember anything that she said, doesn't remember being transported to jail. She said herself, she woke, she like woke up a couple of weeks after she was in there. Yeah. Um, and we it. have the supporting yeah. documents for that, but they will not list. They will not even entertain the idea. She was in psychosis. She, she was, um, I want to go just like, I fast forwarded a little bit. Cause I'm like, I need people to know how fucked up this gets and it gets even fuck, more fucked up is yeah. that, when the cops showed up, a ambulance showed up to your house, a mm-hmm. cop car. There was the sheriffs. There was the police department. There was a... There was the police, the sheriff, ambulance, and a fire truck. And when your daughter's taken out of your house, of course, you're obviously in a, in a state of uh, hyper Shock. emotion. Shock. Absolutely. And you don't even know where she's going. You think mm-hmm. she's maybe getting put in the ambulance because the, the paramedics did take her vitals. Yes. I thought they were taking her to the hospital. As is, is what we thought that was yeah. going to happen. But then because they said that we needed to follow them to the police station. And so yeah. you So we just went right. on autopilot. Just followed, okay, right. I'm I'm right behind you. I'm I'll follow Were you, you able to take Piper with you guys? Is that uh, my best friend came and picked Piper up. Good. It took um, her about an hour to get there. You know, she had to mm-hmm. come from North Bend to Myrtle Point. She had her own kids. She had to wake up at four in the morning. Four morning. But so, she came and hi. Who's health and wellness? I want to reiterate because that's someone on our list of um, that we want to take accountability for some of this. Wrote in a report and an email to you that the crisis response team that was supposed to come take Soraya to a safe space should have came and got her, taken her to an emergency room because in those states uh, of of mini antipsychosis should have taken her vitals and assessed the situation because that's what they are trained to do. Right. Instead, they lose communication with the police and they actually lose her within the system of not being sure where she ended up because it was four in the morning and their response team did not want to go handle it. Now, some might argue, of course, you want to play devil's advocate a little bit with some of the legality stuff because it's so fucked up is you might assume Coos Health and Wellness heard of the gasoline on the floor and they they think a crime is occurring, therefore you need police intervention, which fine, fine. Right. If you're a crisis center that can't handle um, suspected violence during a manic episode, then maybe you shouldn't be a fucking crisis response counselor team, like because if you think you're gonna come in and people are singing kubaya and holding hands and meditating, right. you're part of the problem. So they come in and they, 
they lose her in the police system and the police actually whose health and wellness thought that they were going the police were going to take her to the emergency room but they send you an email saying they i found it actually in her oh, file wow. i found the document in her file tucked way in the bottom of it so they didn't even tell you that they thought no. they no, we they didn't said know. she did not arrive to the emergency room Mm-hmm. At the Bay Area. They said that they they got a call from mom. There had been an incident with Soraya. Uh, Myrtle Point PD responded. They were told, uh, we don't know who called the police, in air quotes. I'm air quoting here, yeah. guys. Uh, they don't know who called the police, but the police told them that they had enough officers to transport Soraya to Bay Area Hospital. And they, they don't, let that go. That the child didn't, uh, she's not at Bay Area Hospital. They're not sure where she is. They will follow up in the morning. They'll follow up in the morning as if you have that luxury and time. You, you meanwhile, are already following the police to the police station. Mm-hmm. Um, you know where she is. But the system yes. that was supposed to be taking care of her did not know where she was. And the police... They said the, the health and wellness center themselves say that the police responded saying that they had enough units to bring her to the hospital. So even if you do want to use the argument that Ku's health and wellness was scared that she was an arson and trying to kill her parents and family, they still believe that she was going to an emergency room to be assessed properly. Yes. What is her mental state? And not to mention her mental health history in the past. This isn't some like out of the blue, like, out of nowhere arson she Who's had health had. and wellness responded one time piper honey <laughs> piper as piper Who's <laughs> health and wellness came to soraya's high school in myrtle point one day soraya had told a kid there that she planned on killing herself that weekend i got a call while i was at work and they said we have a crisis response team responding to myrtle point do we have your permission to talk to her I drove 90 miles an hour with my hazards on to get there and they had de-escalated her, calmed her down. We worked out an impromptu safety plan and what are we going to do should something occur? And so they, they had followed through they one knew who time. She is. They knew who she was. And, yeah. and my, mind she you, the town went there you live every in. week for counseling for the prior year. So they all knew <laughs> who Soraya was. And by the way, we've tried calling them many times since this, since I've met with Shannon, we have a, a zoom uh, like telethon of calling all these people and they they are like who can you spell it out for me this is a very small town very yeah there everyone knows each other's name this is not uh it, it's a refusal of accountability but i'm getting ahead of myself so akuz health and wellness we see you we're fucking we we demand to know what happened there and even if you want to blame the violent behavior of Someone the police clearly... should have came as an assist. If they yes. were worried about it, you have the police show up and you, they assist the crisis. Exactly. exactly. It was never a police right. situation for them to show up with no counselors at all. Exactly. So they take Soraya and little do you know that she has been read her Miranda rights without mm-hmm. you present. She's 13 yep. years old in a state of psychosis. They take her to the police station where you're able to sit with her for a moment before... Until- until an officer showed up from Cuspe. And how is how is that moment? Because I remember you telling me it's like he a shit walked show. in the room. How was Soraya in that moment? Soraya was calm, tired, and quiet, but mm-hmm. she was angry because she thought I called the police on her. She didn't want to talk. Which they were telling me. Her, yeah. I told her I love you. Everything's okay. And she said, "Stop! Don't talk to me." She was upset with me. 
So this officer Ritz walks in and he looked at Soraya and he said, you've been read your Miranda rights. <laughs> and I looked at him in shock and I said, wait, is she under arrest? And he said, yes, she is. And then he asked Soraya if she wanted me in the room with her. Of course and not. she said, no. Of course not. I didn't she know. She thinks you called the cops on her. Exactly. I didn't know that if they're 13, they have to have a parent or lawyer present in the room. There was no one there making sure that any of us knew our rights. You know, it, and we, I said, I said this to like Shannon, when we very first met is like, again, you have to look at it a little bit from devil's advocate side, right? Like right. even let's say, let's say Soraya is not in psychosis. Let's say she's having just a bad mental health morning and she thinks her mother who's been nothing but support for her for the last year has betrayed her. Mm-hmm. Would you, I know me as an emotional, hormonal, cunty little teenager, and I've talked about that on this podcast before, that I was going fucking through it at that age. Mm -hmm. Do you think you would want your mom in the room in that moment? No way. Mm -mm. No way. Teenagers are so sensitive, so anti-authority, so uh, it's such a a, a convoluted relationship at that age, even if you have the best of of relationships with your daughter, which you did Mm -hmm. and do, right? And- To hear that your daughter- We had our moments. Of course. We had our moments, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, her and I were a pretty tight, pretty tight. Yeah. And and again, like, why wouldn't you? When this mental health stuff is showing up, when these hormones are showing up, you know, Soraya was going through a lot at school. She was being bullied. We, I don't think we've even mentioned that Soraya is biracial. She- is uh how do i say this like black presenting i guess like even though she's biracial like you can tell she's black whereas piper is very white presenting like i don't even know if that's a proper term but uh soraya had been bullied for a long time being called the n-word being told she was ugly that she should go kill herself because she looks different than the majority white population Yes. That lives in, in your area. And this is something I believe it's with. 97% white in our county. Um, I believe the minority is 0.03%. So Soraya was a very small part. And, and that's our county. That's not mm-hmm. just the city. That's our whole county, which expands to like 35,000 people. And tell me, about, tell me about that bullying past, like that, that harassment before this incident. You know, it started out, Soraya was strong, and she was able to take it, come home, talk to me about it, process it, and then we dyed her hair. She she wanted long, straight, blonde hair, you know, you always want what you can't have, yeah. um, and so we dyed her hair, and her hair got really brittle, and it kind of just melted off of her head, and she right. had to get a haircut, like buzzed up on one mm-hmm. side, and then it got really, really bad for Soraya. Yeah, and your it, hair, that's it, your identity. When it you're broke something in her. You know, she walked around for a couple months with a hoodie, with a hood mm-hmm. on. She would never take that hood off. She started wearing black, and then she started cutting herself. The first time she cut herself, she came to me, and she told me about it. Okay, well, we'll, we'll deal with this. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to talk to someone about it. Mm-hmm. And then she started cutting herself worse and worse. Um, she swears she overdosed on Tylenol one night, but I can't verify that. She didn't tell, you know, 
she but didn't the point say that is, until is later. Had this was hurting really badly. Really bad. In need so of So we help. tried to get her in to Coos Health and Wellness for counseling, mm -hmm. but we were waitlisted. Mm -hmm. um, they, they're so, there's not enough providers there. This area is very depressed economically mm -hmm. and in every mm -hmm. other way. There's a lot of mental illness around here. And so they're just understaffed. They couldn't get us in. Um, there had been a really you had been that's the reason why she got on antidepressants to begin with mm -hmm. was that this is not something again that was out of the blue completely insane paranoia behavior this was right she's had a history of needing help mm -hmm. we tried and for a year with counseling and then when it just was not helping her then we tried the antidepressant we were just pretty much desperate so at that you're point. So not, you're not like anti-mental health mm -mm. support. You're, you saw, you know, you're white. You saw mm -hmm. your daughter being bullied. And right. as a mother, you're doing everything you possibly can within mm -hmm. your reach to find a way to make her comfortable in that age. We had her in sports and gymnastics and we tried to just keep her busy. And it, it just didn't, it didn't help her at all. So middle of May, almost the end of the school year, sixth grade, Soraya found a razor blade on the floor at the school and she slit her wrists. Um, I had already been on my way to the school to pick her up. It's about six blocks away. So I got there when it happened, the principal pulls me into his office and okay, we have a situation. I took her right to the hospital. They were going to admit her that day for a psych watch, but she wanted to go home and I, kind of stopped working that day I I you know I have my own business so I don't have to be here Coffee thank shop. god yeah and I stayed home with her and we we got through it the very next day after Soraya tried to kill herself they got her into therapy wow. so then she went every single Wednesday yeah. her pediatrician when we started this this antidepressant her pediatrician was great it yeah. was the on-call pediatrician that yanked her off her right. pediatrician was gone for fourth of July holiday mm -hmm. and it was an on-call doctor that said, no, she doesn't need to be weaned off. We were literally waiting until eight o'clock Monday morning to go see her pediatrician and demand she get her medication back. And this happened at four in the morning. So we were four hours too late. And we had talked a little bit about Soraya's um, therapy during that year. And mm -hmm. your husband kind of referred to it as like the play date because it play didn't date. feel like things were being done properly. Mm -hmm. Like not only are the resources limited, but then you're stuck with whatever they give you and mm -hmm. hopefully she's getting through it. And when we would go to family sessions and we would, you know, listen to Soraya, she would deflect 40 out of 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. She never connected with this counselor. And we mm -hmm. told her several times we didn't think that this was a good fit we think maybe sabrea needs to try some you know a different counselor it, the counselor client bond is tricky you have it's to find crucial. someone that you click with and yes. kelly olick was her counselor and she was not willing to give that up is she that a white woman fine. yes so i want to ask a little bit about like how identity plays into this too right because you're thrown into then a system where no one looks like you no right. one can understand you She's not able to lean into her black side in a way that is physical, physically right. relatable around her. You know, did her identity ever come up? Like, 
you know, I have to imagine raising children that are biracial is already tough. And then to put it in right. your county that is like historically racist, which we will get so, into. So a, a lot of things, we've noticed, you know, that the black community didn't accept her because she's half white. Mm -hmm. The white community wasn't entirely accepting because she's half black. Um, and then add on top of it that Soraya is pansexual and that just was like the icing on the cake. It I'm was so here's proud this of you girl. for knowing what that is. Oh, she you're, she taught me. Soraya taught one. me. Yes. And I don't and care listened. who she loves yep. as long as they love her back. That's what every parent wants is I don't care you're if it's an amazing a woman. I just yeah. want her to be loved. That's all. And to be happy and to so be herself. Imagine that she's got all of this shit piling on top of her, you know, I call shit, but like, what is her life and her identity and her, her truth, her authentic life is being ostracized and picked on and completely torn down. And yet, you know, here you are at home with her on the couch, understanding what pansexual means. Like you are an incredible fucking mother and a support <laughs> system you. that, I mean, I get my strength from you. Like, I don't know how you are just an endless well of fight but i have to imagine that i don't feel it i don't feel it don't. i just of get up and don't. do it every day because i don't know what else to do and it she's been gone a year it's it's enough we're we're ready we're for ready. her to get out of that prison yeah go to an inpatient residential yep. facility which yep. i'm sure we'll talk about later i'm skipping well no i, I think that's important to note like that kind of can lead us back into you guys at the police station because we've had a lot of people say to us you know, Soraya needs to be held accountable for what she did. Of course. Soraya needs to be, okay, we understand that. We very much understand she that needs what to Soraya be held did accountable for could have potentially been dangerous. Right. Had she, for some reason, thought lighting, that was a good idea, you know, it, it could have been dangerous. However, we're not asking for Soraya to get out of prison and come home tomorrow. No. We're asking you for them. You do not want that. No. It would not we, be safe. You have adamantly it's not stated, safe for her. we're not asking her to be let go willy-nilly back into the world. We'll mm -hmm. deal with her. You know, yes. you know she needs help. You know she needs treatment long-term in an inpatient facility. Yep. You know this. I do know and that. And you're advocating for it. Yep. We need the help from professionals. Exactly. You know, adults have a hard time getting out of prison and coming home. And children is even worse. And then because you know, everything is so a lot of concealed. research. There's a 75% recidivism rate when children mm. are released from corrections. 75% chance they'll be rearrested within three years. So she's already being set up to fail in that aspect. What we want is the legalities and the mm -hmm, charges mm -hmm. that were hanging over her to be dropped. Yes, that's that's the right word. I know dropped. you have to be careful. But and we want her to be. Admitted in into a res exactly. inpatient residential Long facility, term. which when, after she was arrested, that's what everybody told us she was going to. Yes. Okay. Inpa so let's, let's go, residential. let's go back to her getting pulled away from you to be read. Mm -hmm. You know, she had already been read her Miranda rights. She's going to confess mm -hmm. under psychosis, which yes. they still don't really believe in, take accountability for, don't have education on, even though you had said told them their history, told them about the, the antidepressants. So when you are separated for her, from her at that moment, you don't see her or talk to her again for 23 days. And uh, they let me give her a hug mm -hmm. before they took her to detention. I sat there at the police station. And they told you she's being arrested waiting. for a crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I didn't know the charges yet. 
but they told me that they were arresting her. Uh, he sat in a room and he talked with her for, I mean, it felt like forever. I'm not sure how long it actually was. Hours, yeah. Everything's in such little bits and pieces mm-hmm. from that morning. It's it overwhelming. So scattered. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Um, but she in psychosis confessed at that yes. time mm-hmm. that she wanted to hurt. He asked her questions and she was like, yeah, yeah, I was going to kill him. I was going to hack him up with a machete that we don't have. I mean, we don't, we don't own a machete. Where was she going to get a machete from? Um, right. I'm not sure the full extent of what she said because I haven't but seen the, the, the tape of it. The point is, is that she's saying things that they're Oh yeah, putting, she they're said that we. Her. She said we beat her. You know, we gave her hot sauce or something. I don't know. There was a huge hot sauce incident that turned Which into a massive Which you told me about. That was CBS. like hilarious. Yeah. Like, it turned into a seven-month battle with Child Protective Services. So but at we that finally moment, won. right? So that at that moment, they take her. Yes. And they don't allow you to see or speak to her because mm-hmm. then the the law steps in, the DA steps in and has yep. deemed you guys victims of a crime. Yep. You're not wanting to press charges. The owner nope. of your house does not want to press charges. Nope. But it is now the state is saying, you guys are the victim. You are not allowed to talk to the perpetrator. Therefore, we are going to now pursue a complaint, you know, which, which is what bringing the um what the crimes are what they're uh, they're accusing her of to light which is when is when did you hear about the um the charges i don't know if it was that day or the next day so it was it very was, quickly it was, after yes it because was she's in a state of psychosis after. she's saying yes i want to murder them yes mm-hmm. and she's saying yes because they're asking her these questions yep she also yep is saying things and here's where we know it's untrue because cps then comes after you and your husband to take custody of her because of what soraya has said under psychosis yep and as through a seventh month battle is proved false yep you guys won against cps yet soraya's which should right there and then should have said you know this is a 13 year old girl who who you know we you you and i have talked about um uh, the word, um, uh, what, what did you say? Like a compulsive liar, but real, not yes. realizing that right. that is under the mental health issue. That is under the underlying is that we cannot be taking what Soraya is saying in these states right. under oath to be used right. to answer in court when you prove that what she's saying is untrue. Yes. So the hot sauce thing, it's so She stupid. wrote a letter in her own defense as well. She wrote a couple of them to CPS and they wow. still tried to found us for these allegations. And she had been off of medication and back to her clear head by the time she wrote these. And she's like, I'm being, I'm being factual. Here's what happened. Yeah. I'm sorry. I made this stuff up and I shouldn't have. And, you know, nobody ever listens to a kid. I didn't think anything would happen. And in that moment, like her brain is telling her to cry for right. So right. like super quickly, the hot sauce thing is so funny and stupid is that your youngest daughter tried hot sauce like accidentally and it was super hot and it became this like big funny thing that she was like running around like, oh, it's hot, hot, hot. So like as a joke, you and your family, instead of saying like, go to your room or you're grounded, it would be like, mm-hmm. go to your room or hot sauce. And it became this like, funny, do you want some hot sauce? That's yes. what I'll say. Are you trying to get hot sauce? Yeah. Like with like, you know, we we've never this- given them hot sauce right. for the record. We've never given right. them hot sauce. And so that's what she was talking about when she was saying that you guys were abusing her was mm-hmm. that hot sauce was her punishment, which is not true. 
no. But so, in the state of Oregon, you are not allowed to force feed anything into your child's mouth, um, whether I'm it's sure hot CPS sauce or clear. soap or, oh, they did. Right. They so did. let's talk like before going back to the, the 23 days that you didn't get to see her and you were deemed victims. And then, so you're deemed victims and then also CPS is coming at you for being perpetrators. So you're mm -hmm. being pegged as two things. Within and days. Within that days was of quick. each other. Mm -hmm. And when CPS comes, do you, are you able to get legal help to fight them? We didn't need it. I had all of the, you know, I, I signed all the records releases for this woman to get the same information. It, it took me a couple of days of running around and getting medical records and just writing a letter and I could disprove every single thing she said and they unfounded everything, but okay, they really so, drug it out. She yeah. didn't have her report done for four months. And that's my other point is like during this time, she's yanked off her medication. We don't know how long. I, I know people that have been psychosis for two to three months at a time, but we also don't know because you lost um, temporary like supervision and custody of yep. her during this whole time. You don't know then what the detention center is putting her on medication wise. We don't mm -hmm. even know if she was getting the proper treatment in there. Are they giving her lithium? Are they letting her sit? They didn't her give her anything. They didn't treat her at all not with anything. Um, after she had been in there a couple of months, she had a psych eval with Dr. Parikh. Um, I believe all he gave her was something to help her sleep. Right. Like a Benadryl. She having a hard time like, sleeping. Yeah. And then that medication gave her nightmares. So then they add another medication to stop the nightmares. And uh, once we saw what the Prozac did, now I'm a little sketched of medication. I'd like to be able to research it before they pump it into my daughter. So you lost I, all of that right to learn. I did. About that. Yeah, yeah. I, I were no doing what they in what she takes. And then now in the state of Oregon, now that she's 14, um, it's like the age of consent for, for medical information. So now that she's 14, unless she signs a release, which she has no problem doing, mm -hmm. but the prison makes it so damn difficult to make mm -hmm. sure that that release gets signed every 30 every days. Every 30 days. It's not like a one-time thing. No. It's every 30 days. Every Soraya 30 has days. to sign. And imagine with COVID, people working remotely, you're not available to come in. They're not, they're making it impossible for you yeah. to get records. And I want to ask because I just want to make this clear for myself is that is, did you lose custody of Soraya? Yes. How did you lose custody so of her? So I, I had custody of her until they did sentencing, and then she went to the custody of OIA, but because Which is Oregon. Oregon Youth Authority. Okay. Um, but because we were deemed victims, mm -hmm. we weren't allowed to talk to her about the case at all. We had to keep it really, really PG and generic. Mm -hmm. uh, this is through calls, calls FaceTimes, right? Mm -hmm. They would have yanked our visits at that juvenile detention center so, so fast. fast. So fast. We so so you go through like the 23 days and every time you're talking to her, she's tired. She's uh, kind of still hazy out of it. Like, is there any point during, you know, the seven months that you're going through the CPS stuff and um, also just the surface level conversations that you are able to tell about how she's feeling through all of this? Uh, I know at the beginning there's documents at the Douglas County Juvenile Detention Center saying that Soraya had no affect for two weeks. Which means she's it, completely no, catatonic. Yeah, she yeah. was just tired. She wasn't mm -hmm. happy, wasn't sad, wasn't, um, the guy that they gave her as her probation officer, Ken Smith at the Coos County Juvenile Probation Department, 
we had to have a meeting in his office. My husband just reminded me this yesterday. Ken Smith said himself that it was so bizarre when Soraya was in his office before they transferred her because most kids are crying and most kids are scared and most kids are upset. And Soraya just sat there. She didn't say anything. She was just said she's tired. She was tired and they transported her to the jail. So it was and three sleep weeks later. after psychosis, by the way, is like the most important thing for someone to come out of it is that like they need to be able to get full sleep. rest. And I imagine in a detention center, they're not letting Soraya sleep in and get comfortable. Mm. And, and, you know, they're treating her as a prisoner. At this point, yes. she has been deemed property of this, the state, and she is under routine of a juvenile prison. And juvenile prison is prison. I want to make that very clear. It is prison. So let's talk about her turning 14. And she this, turned 14 while she was in jail. And this makes it difficult because the age of consent for medical release, mm -hmm. she could have kept everything from you. She could have been like, fuck my mom. I still think she yep. fucked me over. I'm just going to, you know, she, she didn't do that. She wanted you guys to be involved. She wanted yes. help. She wanted to sign the releases over. She wanted to understand what the fuck was happening to her. Mm -hmm. um, skipping back just, just yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit. Of course. So after the three weeks was over and we got to talk to Soraya again, Soraya was scared. Mm -hmm. um, and continuously the three and a half months that she was in there, she was sexually harassed like you would not believe. I think she was the only girl in there with a bunch of teenage boys. She was 13 oh years old. Um, the staff would make fun of kids with mental illness and they would openly talk shit about the kids that self-harmed. Soraya said it was making her worse and worse of where she wanted out of there. So when she ended up taking the plea deal, when her lawyer told her take the plea or sit in jail longer, mm -hmm. She was she like, really yeah. just wanted out. She didn't care. She wanted out of that detention center. So let's talk about that moment because that I feel like is really crucial. This is a very crucial part of the way that they handled this. Mm -hmm. You were able to get a woman named Kate Dyer, Ka Kathleen Dyer. If you want to look her up on the bar, Kate Dyer. You looked her up, and according to her website and her history, she does. I knew her. I knew her prior to this. Oh my God, I knew I didn't know Kate that. was prior. She so does. We called her, and she right. said, "I'll help." Former prosecutor. She used mm -hmm. to be on the other side, but she also deals with um, the, this criminal defense, and she said she would help you guys out. So you're yes. thinking we have someone on our side who's willing yep. to understand the mental health aspect of it, yep. and and that she will fight for, what is she promising you? Full release, lesser charges? She was trying to get the charges lessened. Mm -hmm. I know she was trying to get the charges lessened, but then she wasn't really doing anything. Mm -hmm. She would show up for court in sweatpants, not brushed her hair. She never one time showed up with a briefcase. And so all I had to compare this to was like, law and order, you know, what right. I see on TV. We've never been in court before. And I said so many times, this is not, not like law and order. You know, you have the prosecutor, Karen McClintock, who comes in looking like devil wears Prada every day. She does Perfect. Look. She's sharp. She has, you know, the, the perfect shoes and the little briefcase and all she's super organized. And then here's our lawyer in sweatpants with and nothing. 
And I want to reiterate, like, the DA of the county, his name is Paul Frazier. That is the district attorney. He is the one who is in charge of the charges. And who Karen McClintock is, is the ADA, which is the assistant district attorney. She's like the deputy assistant district attorney. So she is the one underneath Paul Frazier who is bringing these charges from the state prosecuting Soraya. And then you have Kate Dyer, who used to be a prosecutor, who I'm sure knows who Paul Frazier and Karen McClintock are, supposing to be defending your daughter. But these circles run tight. She yes, used to be do. a prosecutor. She knows yeah. exactly what how the other side works. She knows the task tactics that they are going to use. Yeah. So when it is presented that there is three counts of, of uh, attempted homicide and five counts of arson, they they say they are going to do a plea deal so that it doesn't have to go to a jury trial. Right. That Soraya Soraya will lessen to two counts. Mm-hmm. of attempted homicide because they deemed that she didn't actually want to hurt her little sister Piper. Yeah. And they will drop the five counts of arson because remind you no fucking fire or yep. matches were even used or lit. Yep. Uh, we, we talked about it just like briefly like that you're a smoker and there were mm-hmm. ma- there were lighters in the house. Okay. Yep. This is, it wasn't like she would have to go searching. There if was a she fucking wanted lighter. to light it, she would have. They sh- she it's on the, t- the coffee table. Are. Yeah. We have a wood stove. So we have like, you know, the big yep. long lighters mm-hmm. for lighting the mm-hmm. fire starter. Yeah. She and had ours, access. Uh, yeah. It never occurred. It never happened. So they said they were going to drop those charges if she agreed to plead to attempted assault. Is that right? Two counts of attempted homicide in the first degree and one count of attempted assault one. What is that? What? Where did the assault That's come what, from? That was for Piper. Attempted assault one. So they, that she still wanted to hurt her sister, but she didn't want to kill her. Yeah. Great. That makes a whole lot of fucking sense. Yeah. Um, so am I wrong? When did you contact Dr. Phil show? Uh, two days. No, it might have been the night that Soraya was taken in the hospital. Wow. We went and stayed at a hotel because, you know, home right. just all of a sudden really didn't feel like home anymore. Mm-hmm. It was either the same night or the next night. One so of you watch the Dr. Phil show. Mm-hmm. You take his like psychology, like that's your, that's He's your standard. my at home <laughs> therapist. Right. Yes. And yes. Uh, so you reach out to them mm-hmm. saying what has happened to Soraya. What are you hoping that they can help happen? I was hoping that they out? could intervene and get Soraya sent to an inpatient psychiatric facility where she could get some help, learn coping skills, right. learn how to re-love herself. She, right. just, she was so broken. She just And so you're looking herself. for that, first of all, media attention because your town is so fucking small and you know you're, right. you are playing against an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. You know that this is, has a history and Dr. Phil has a reputation I've seen for helping him help right. so many families and like i personally don't like watch it right way worse than right. Soraya. well like, yeah we know all the girl way. the catch me outside girl comes around like we've see, all seen yeah, how dr girl. phil can help with kids and so yes. you reach out and they fucking respond and they say within two weeks i wrote to them thinking honestly that it was a like a pipe dream mm-hmm. you know he gets so many millions of letters and I've heard him tell guests, you know, well, this mom unfortunately wrote to me 14 times and, and I never in a million years thought that they would respond and they responded 
within two weeks. Which and just goes to, to show you that show. like from a producing entertainment standpoint, like to play devil's advocate, like if they're looking at it from an entertainment perspective of how can they get views, they're not going to take a case that they don't think they can't help in. Right. So for them to, for in, to within two weeks to reach back out to you and say like, we're willing to help. Mm-hmm. That just goes to show you from a producerial standpoint that they think this is going to be something that right. clearly was fucked up that they have an angle on to look like a hero, right? They're never going to villainize mm-hmm. Dr. Phil just to show from like the inner, the, the business side of things for them right. to respond was a big deal. So you get that letter and you're like, Oh my gosh. So I went to her probation officer, Ken Smith. His boss is Brian Baird. He runs the juvenile. He's on our uh, list. The juvenile. <laughs> yes. He's on our he's list. He's on our list, baby. <laughs> they told me that Soraya would not be able to participate in the show while there was ongoing legal proceedings. That's what her probation officer told me. And I'm like, what? I see people on the show that are like- In the middle of it. Yes, in the middle of it. And Dr. Phil steps in and he gets them help and they dodge jail. They have tons of legal help. The best lawyers in the world, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had to wait a couple of months and figure out what was going on with the legalities. The Dr. Phil show sent us a letter and they wanted Soraya to appear on the show on October 16th in order to potentially offer her the best mental health treatment in the country. That's almost verbatim what the letter says from them. They wanted to help her. Um, And you're going to the Brian Baird thing. Look. Yes. This is, and he's saying, no, I want her to pay for her crimes. He would not send the legal paperwork needed to have Soraya on the show to the show. Um, and instead, the very next day, they sentenced her to prison, October 17th. When the whole, when all of this was happening and I'm calling around to inpatient facilities and the only thing I kept hearing was fiscal responsibility. That's like What's all that, that the state cared about. Who's going to pay for it? Mm. Who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for this? So it doesn't make any sense to me why they would choose to ignore the help. Throw Soraya in prison when we could have had free help from Dr. Phil that didn't cost the state anything. But every place that I called, they're like, oh, well, that's, you know, that treatment center, that's $10,000 a day or $1,000 a day, excuse mm-hmm. me. It is. It is. $1,000 a day for treatment. One, 30 that. days in a treat, in an inpatient residential for treatment, no matter where you are in the country, averages at $30,000. That is, that is out-of-state tuition. For Everyone, even, you know, Kate, Karen, Ken, every single person that Fuck was involved these guys. had told us that Soraya needed to go to an inpatient psychiatric facility. Well, then, like, I don't know, a week before the sentencing where they sentenced her away, they said, well, no, she's going to go to the state training school, which is where she's at now. They call it the training school. It's a prison. You can't get in and out. It's everything is locked. You have to go through security, metal detectors. You have to get wanded down, no key, you know, nothing metal. But they won't even call it a prison. They don't call it a prison at all. Is it a private facility, like publicly funded or privately? Do you know? I, I don't know. We'll look it up know. because that also is something that like, you know, they have to keep those full. So yeah. they see a little black girl who's causing Oak Creek Correctional trouble. Facility in yeah. Albany. So uh, the, the Dr. Phil show dream is slowly fading and they're starting to get wind that big media attention is coming their way. And they go, how do we resolve this? Let's move the sentencing up to the next fucking day. Yeah. Let's get this over with and done 
So you're allowed at this point to come to the court case, right? Yes. Yep. We went to all of the court dates. Every single time that they had Soraya appear in person, I asked the judge if I could hug my daughter. Every, the DA, everybody, the lawyers, they all said they've never seen a judge say yes. But every judge let us hug our and daughter. your relationship with her attorney is so convoluted because, A, you weren't allowed to speak with her because of the CPS situation for seven months. Right. And she's supposed to be doing her job of making right. sure that Soraya's voice is heard. And your communication with her is so limited because of this di distance that the, the state put between you guys mm -hmm. that the only knowledge of, of that you had that was going to be Soraya's defense was that Kate asked you to help get medical records, which means yes. you're thinking... I'm giving her all of the medical records so she can use this mm -hmm. as a defense to show right. that she's mentally ill. She took the medical records and she set up a interview with the forensic psychiatrist, um, Dr. Eric Morrell down in Medford, came and saw Soraya. It was seven, eight weeks after she had been in jail. And I kept saying, what, what is taking so long? How can you determine her frame of mind at the time of incident? That much later. All of this time later, she's out of it now. The, the way that the system is set up, it's not set up to help the mentally, kids that go yeah. into it. No. Mm -hmm. No, instead they penalize the mentally mm -hmm. ill, reinforcing the stigma that the mm -hmm. mentally ill are dangerous. Ooh, sis. It is not there. Mm -hmm. She's not dangerous. She's a danger to herself. Mm -hmm. She's never been a danger to any of us. And she's a danger to herself because these assholes made her hate herself. Yes. Every and bad parent that taught their kid it's okay to hate is partially responsible for this today and we do, like we don't emphasize the angle enough about black lives matter in this situation because mm -hmm. it took the death of george floyd and the activism and the protest that i have seen for yeah. me to make that connection even like i you know didn't really the weather is getting warmer, so it is time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now that I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortless, effortless, less, yeah, effortlessly chic year after year, like uh, premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from 30 doll hairs, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants right now. You are. They are so, they're, they're loose, they're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly, drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like, I can dress them up, I can dress them down. Yes. They are, they're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them. Honestly, I am wearing the Quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now. Oh my God. I know. I think it's so cute. It does not tarnish. It is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really loving this for my body. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Kelsey for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Kelsey. 
Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? (laughs) You are talking to two sober Sally's. You know Zach and I love to drink recess zero-proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt-free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit Paloma. The Paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences consider her biraciality I don't know if that's a word in the beginning I was just like mentally ill you know I I'm a big advocate for mental health you know this like my listeners know this that's what kind of drew me to this but then once I was in it and you know you're waving this flag of like hello why aren't we looking at like what caused this why aren't we looking at the deeper rooted issues of what's going on in our town that absolutely have an impact and an imprint environmentally on someone's well-being to even Mm -hmm. get to that place that all of a sudden you know you're doing these interviews now and you're finally getting the media attention you deserve and so many reporters especially local news which i'm so fucking sick of your local news people because they're all connected bias each other they're all they're all friends they can't get upset with the police mind you this is such a small town these are your neighbors these are your friends these are your kids teachers and fucking friends and they cannot write clearly anything. They justified anything. And they are almost making fun of you and penalizing you for trying to bring up the racial aspect of this case. Oh, absolutely. That's, I can't tell you how many friends and family members and people in this community that I have lost that know us. They, they know us. They've known us for 14 years. I get told constantly, don't play the race card don't turn this into a race issue focus on the mental health that's the only way that the community is going to hear you out well yeah because you want to know what happens in my community black men get chased by mobs of white men called racial slurs and thrown rocks at in the middle of the road where nobody stops to help them uh there's a fence head we have a beautiful beach oregon i'm a pisces i just love living by the water they spray painted no n-word zone on a fence headed out to the beach where I can't tell you, it was there for days, Kelsey, before somebody went and pressure washed it off and and got it off of there. Uh, There's been several locations here in town that have had swastikas painted on them and they've written Hitler didn't do anything wrong. Uh, It's scary down here. Just to paint the scene of like what you live in. My girlfriend, uh, Jay, is a huge advocate down here for everything that's going on she's a qmhp uh, what's that well she might not be a qmhp that might that's be a, i don't know that acronym qualified mental health professional got it i should know that <laughs> um she she is a professional in the mental health field but i'm not sure if that's her mm. exact title she's getting death threats they had to move two hours away because people were threatening oh to kill her and her family because she is biracial and also LGBTQ plus. It's like the two things that are so unwanted here, but no one wants to admit that there's a problem. And she's an adult. 
Yes. And she had yes. to physically move. Yeah. Like, God forbid we think, like. Real quick, just taking a breather, I want to tell you about BetterHelp. You know I'm always ranting and raving about BetterHelp being the most affordable therapy online for you to do whenever, however you want in the comfortability of your own home. They are licensed professional counselors who specialize in family conflicts, LGBT matters, depression, stress, my favorite, anxiety, sleeping, trauma, relationships, self-esteem, and anything you share is completely confidential. It is convenient, professional, affordable. I love my therapist. We talk every single week. And if you don't like your therapist that they pair you with, guess what? They make it free and easy to change counselors whenever you want. In fact, so many people recently have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I want you to start living a happier life, okay? Because you guys are my confidants. I want you to, as a listener, get 10% off your first month by visiting by visiting by visiting BetterHelp.com/ci. You will be joining over one million people who are taking charge of their mental health again. That is BetterHelp, BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com. Slash CI. Yeah, she like, I get so emotional like thinking about Soraya's age, like her, that age of her life that is so crucial. Everything feels like the biggest fucking deal in the I world know. that there is nothing outside of this moment in your life. Like, this is every day is so weighted and so dramatic like right. i remember being in that i too. was not out publicly i mean like you know to my friends maybe but i was not out publicly fucking soraya's instagram proudly states that she is pansexual mm-hmm. and to imagine being a little black girl in this time i cannot fathom i cannot fathom and it's not like you guys live in la where people know it's clearly wrong Right. She's no. being surrounded by reinforced racism growing mm-hmm. up in that. Yep. Yep. It like I keep having to like hold back my like my foot under the table. They're both going like a hundred <laughs> miles an hour because like so I'm just mine. having a physical reaction to this of like <sighs> I do not want to get emotional because I need to be strong for you because you have been strong for me. But like I am so fucking sad like I am so fucking sad that she's not getting the help that she's so clearly fucking oh they're helping her right now for they have her so chemically restrained right now she's on like four different medications and every time I talk to her Soraya how are you feeling I'm tired that's all she ever says is she's tired they have her so I think that they you know I grew up in the system and we were medicated as well. You had to take some type of medication. I told Soraya, she ha- she can refuse it. The prison says that they don't get in trouble if they do, but, you know, of just course. take it. This isn't going to last forever. We're, we're fighting. We will never stop fighting mm-hmm. to get you out of there where she can get real therapy and real counseling. And I, someone mm-hmm. that will acknowledge what happened to her 
and what happened to her was wrong and can help her start on the trauma. Fixing the fucking trauma because your life is completely set up for trauma Mm -hmm. now. Not only with the police, but with the mental health system, with her family, with her sister, her, her trust in the people that are supposed to help her most. She's not going to fucking trust doctors or cops. She's not going to trust law enforcement. She's not going to trust authority. There is a, there is a connection that you are paying for when you pay. I did a 30 day in treatment mental health center in Mm -hmm. 2014 that you pay for one-on-one individualized time every single day from a renowned mental health professional that is so individualized treatment that I have to imagine in these jails, who knows how much these people are getting paid. I have to imagine not much that they are, they are grossly uh, netting these diagnoses together that, you know, we, I asked if Saray had been diagnosed before and it's so crucial to you that you have stated that they're, uh, we, that there, we don't want to put labels on what it is. We know right. she sells harms. We know she has a history of a depression. We now know she deals with mania and psychosis. Sure, that can play a part in a lot of a little bit of this. This could right. totally possibly bi- be bipolar. This could also be absolutely no fucking diagnosis and yeah. a, a symptom of her medication being pulled. You do not yeah. have to be psychotic or bipolar or schizophrenic to have a psychotic episode. Mm-mm off of medication. There are neuro res, uh, neuropsychiatric facilities in Los Angeles that I have connections to who I know the head doctor whose entire career has been based on studying and understanding psychosis from people that have it without any triggers present that are physically uh, able. No uh, um, uh, non-housing, no LGBT matter, no medication matter. Uh, maybe it's drug induced. Maybe it's the first time they smoke weed. Maybe it's uh, the first time they have a heightened emotion or their PTSD again. Like, I think like recognizing that to the idea of label and diagnosis cannot happen right now until she is in a place where, first of all, we can fucking wipe her system of whatever they have put her on. She can address the fucking trauma properly. And we watch it over time. When we label and diagnose these children, it is a fucking burden that they carry. Some people are like, oh, I need a diagnosis. I need a diagnosis. Giving it a name doesn't treat it. Oh, great. You're bipolar. Now what? Your bipolar does not look like your bipolar does not look like your mania does not look like your manic depressive does not look like your unipolar mania. Nothing. I stand by labeling and diagnosing someone that young has that person carrying an identity that is not fair that they feel like maybe they can never grow out of and even feeling bad here that i'm sitting here saying she's going to have trauma that's not fair for me to say because i don't know oh she has trauma, right yeah Yeah. and like that is something you're not assuming anything she right right like it's not it's not fair for her first of all to have that imprinted on her obviously but then to also have this such merry-go-round in the mental health system how is she supposed to know who she fucking is right at this point okay sorry end rant i get emotional my (laughs) chest is very tight i can tell like tears are fucking coming um i want to go back to sentencing so you're in the courtroom Mm -hmm. you're are you surprised by the defense's her lawyer had told us what was going to happen we knew that she was going to take the plea deal um we were under the assumption that she was going to take the plea deal and then be sentenced to an inpatient psych facility for, you know, an indeterminate amount of time and get the help she needs and then come home. 
I read and wrote, I wrote and read a letter to the judge trying to explain some background. We didn't get a trial. There was no professionals called in, no witnesses, no, witnesses. no character testimony, no nothing. Yeah, there was nothing. So I'm trying and mind you that Megan Jaco, the judge, mm -hmm. this was her second time seeing us. She had gotten hurt and like shattered her pelvis or something. She's the, the juvenile judge. She was gone during this whole thing, except for the last two court dates. So, so she's not even familiar. No, she didn't get to hear any of the things that had been said before. Um, I really feel like if we had just stayed with Judge Combs, this would have never happened. I don't understand why Megan didn't call out an adequate counsel. I mean, I, I guess I don't know what a judge's I had a friend tell me that she was bound by the plea agreement to sentence her to a certain amount of time. Okay. But then I've had legal counsel tell us that is not true. She, she could, could have, have said, this is said, up. we are not even, you are not accepting this plea. No way. You know, she could have she, done She something. could have pulled Soraya aside and said something like, were you coerced into this? Do you know all right. of your options? You're not allowed to talk to Soraya about mm -hmm. that stuff. We are nope. solely relying on Kate Dyer to make sure that Soraya knows all of her choices. And so I had found an old prescription of Xanax. I used to have a really bad problem with Xanax. I took it mm -hmm. prescribed for like 10 mm -hmm. years, but I couldn't, <clears throat> I couldn't get off of it. So Same. when I had Piper, when I got pregnant, I quit taking it. Mm -hmm. Well, after I had her, I think I refilled it once. So I found a bottle of like 64. Wow. I, probably ate half of that just in court and still when she said I sentence you to she sentenced her until September 20th of 2030 her 25th birthday and I mm. I fell down I just remember I needed to run I needed to get out of there I was about to freak out I had lost my mind in the courthouse a couple weeks prior um, I didn't know that you're not allowed to freak out in a courthouse in my defense. <laughs> I have seen enough TV to know you can't do it in the courtroom or you get hauled mm -hmm. off to jail. I didn't realize you can still go to jail in the courthouse. Oh, so I didn't know that either. If you have I like was, a oh, fucking panic attack, emotional. I, yeah, I was, I had to, I had to go. Still? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can still Holy get arrested. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Neither did I until I was told how close I was to going to jail that day. And this is like the only outlet you also have to even voice mm -hmm. your concerns at this point. Yeah. Uh, Soraya's lawyer had told me to be really careful about the things that I post. Right, right. Um, this is very important not, what she told you. Not to go to the media about it. It could hurt Soraya's case. Had I went to the media about it, this might From not day one. Yeah. So I but did, she told, I did she chronicle you. everything on my Facebook, yeah. mm -hmm. whether it was hidden just so I could see it. And then I went and made everything public when we made yeah. Soraya's. And this is important that Soraya's lawyer instructed you guys to stick to what the DA and the ADA were saying. He told us when when like friends started asking, she told us, stick to the facts. You're making air quotes. Only, stick yes, to the facts, air quotes. Yeah. Stick to the facts and only tell people what was on that police report. Because so if when you people, go against that and you're talking right. around town saying, it oh could my God, it, it could fuck you guys up too. Yes. It could like yes. fuck up your relationship with the lawyers. Like if you're going, uh -huh. her lawyers and the DAs are saying, this is what happened. And then you're going around town, which is a very small town saying, mm -hmm. I don't believe this. This is fucked up. Something's wrong. That's so the only thing that we told our circle was, 
you know, exactly what was in the police report. Soraya tried to kill us last night. She was going to burn the house down. We stuck very to, to this like script. Yeah, everybody and got you the never same believed any of message. It. No, and I should, I should have just. Yeah, but don't. I shouldn't don't just fought the system. You were but trusting. At the same time, you didn't I didn't know, know what, what. You didn't to know. Do. You were tr- putting well, your now, trust in people who these were people are coming yeah. back out and they're like, "Well, this is what you told us back then," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." You told me to. Say you guys that. all got the same generic bullshit response. You have a lot of coercion in this. You situation. can also see the bullshit police report that mm-hmm. they said in the police report. Manny remembered this too. They said that Soraya concentrated gas by the the bedroom door and the window in our bedroom which there was no gas in our room it was out in the hallway you know mm-hmm. we, you'll see you'll yeah. see we're yeah. we're family now You're yeah i'm, I'm flying up to oregon yes. next week yeah yes um they, they said got that it the wrong. door was shut and locked from the inside so that we wouldn't be able to get out and they said that saraya took our phones I had my phone that morning. I called Coos Health and Wellness. I'm like, how did this even get into this? So even the how did this stuff even wrong. get into this report? Yeah, and the Coos Health and Wellness report, the probable cause report, and the sh- the police report are all different. All different. None of them are the same. None of the details are the same. Coos Health and Wellness said that Soraya poured gas all over us mm. while we were in bed sleeping. Now that's a different story. If she had doused you guys in oh, gasoline, oh my god! Do you think we would be having this conversation? No, right you would now be like put her in jail. Like absolutely. But the fact that Coos Health and Wellness wrote that down on their report, mm-hmm. yeah, just goes to show you how bad the misinformation was. It's like a bad the, game of telephone. It's yeah. really like a bad game of telephone. The facts yeah. got so misconstrued. I don't even and that's, know how I that think, happened. like, I think that's what's like also so pressing about this case is like, this could happen to anybody. Anybody. This anybody small mental health crisis. Not not that her mental health crisis was small, but that the actions were so small that night right. could have so easily been solved. That this system, I just can't imagine the feeling of helplessness and not having control over the situation that so easily could have been. You know, and it it. I don't want to like toot my horn or anything. Oh, I'm toot that it. Great. You but are. Stop it. I have owned a coffee shop in my community mm-hmm. for eight fucking years. Mm-hmm. I have donated to every sheriff's mm-hmm. event. Every, Oof. anytime anybody in my community needs a donation, we donate because it's the right thing to do. And I get off on the feels. I like to feel good. I don't care. Yeah, you're Pisces. About it makes sense. The, yeah, I, I love doing things because it feels good. We do a suspended coffee program here. Have you heard of suspended mm-mm, coffee? Mm-mm. It's a pay it forward type system where people oh. can come in here. They can buy a coffee, a meal for somebody that is down on their luck. Mm-hmm. They do not have to be homeless. They can just be having a shitty day. Mm-hmm. And they can come in here and get a meal that's already paid for. We've done yeah. it for years. I love to give back to this community. Mm-hmm. And for them to do this to my daughter it's is so extra wrong. Point. Not that I should be point. treated any different, but I'm like, you people know me. Soraya's entire life has been documented on my business page. You guys have watched her grow up. You all know us. It We're- feels like they have been trying to make a point with this. Mm-hmm. Like they have doubled down on yes, not believing did. that the mental health crisis is real. So was that even part of Kate's defense when they? It Kate was didn't an, have a defense. All it was she accepting really did a plea deal. Was yeah, play, plea talk deal. down the plea deal, and that was it. 
And then after court, she told us, I'm sorry, this is not my, my area of expertise. And I took the case because she confessed. But when that you go to Kate's page, her lawyer page, crazy. it says she is a criminal, criminal defense, defense attorney. And then she comes to you after rights. the court case, after she gets 11 year sentence, which yep. I'm sure was a surprise to her yes. and Soraya, obviously. I'm not sure, like, does Soraya even understand They say, they, they've continuously told us that in Oregon, children don't commit crimes. They're adjudicated of crimes. Which means um, what? Which means she could get out before 25. She right. She could it's, get it's, out. It's, it's, if depending. she's reformed and she has yes. good behavior, yes. which is another big part of this, is that she's been told will let you go and you've been let on many times like oh she's doing so well she's a model yeah. fucking citizen she's a great inmate or you know whatever they call she's done things. with the program in there she finished it in record time they said mm -hmm. it was a year-long program i believe she had it done in eight months mm -hmm. the kid wants to come home she wants but out they of there. have to tell her they told her until most she admits to what she did and accepts accountability they will not first of all her. she she has woken up to realize a little bit how she's getting fucked in the system so she's yep. not going to make another false confession nope. she's not going to be coerced so nope. after she was sentenced after she i'm making air quotes made a confession right under psychosis which is fucking illegal and should be thrown out that's the same mm -hmm. thing as like interviewing a fucking blacked out drunk person amen trying yes. to use that shit in court she woke up to realize this i've been charged with something i did not do and i don't believe in like you said she doesn't even remember a lot of it yep. she remembers some feelings and some and some yep. motivations she but, remembers wanting to kill herself and she remembers thinking she was trying to wake us up, but she doesn't remember. It's so bits and pieces to right. her. So. And she realized that, that she, she realized she's getting played in there and that they want her to make another false confession by accepting accountability. And at this point, the most recent update is she is not going to it falsely claim no she will not do she, it she so she's there. done with the program she is re she c could potentially come home but they are holding her there and who's she, responsible she's for supposed that? to go to a residential a residential yeah. treatment, treatment center, center in eugene um Soraya just yeah. told us yesterday that she wrote a letter to the director of the program and the lady wrote her back uh Soraya wanted to introduce herself and let her know you know she's a good kid she really is thankful for the opportunity to get some help. Mm -hmm. And the woman wrote her back and said they've been talking about her and that she's looking forward to working with her. What's that? What's that center? It's called Looking Glass in, in Eugene. Eugene yeah. Well, that's kind of a fucked up name that they... <laughs> yeah. But her parole <laughs> officer just will not... She won't let her go. And who's her, her parole, parole officer? officer? Diana Pedragon. She has never one time advocated for Soraya and that is her job. She is gung-ho. What happened on the police report happened on the police report. When other staff that work at this prison with Soraya have told us, we know she doesn't belong here. So like right now with the hardest, I mean, there's like two levels or three levels to this, right? It's like number one, holding the people accountable who fucked this up royally, yep. right? Yes. It's the, it's the wellness center. It's the sheriff. It's the DA, the ADA and her, yep. uh, her defense. Then there is the people who are preventing her from getting more treatment, which is yep. hitting up the uh, parole officer, making sure that, yep. that that gets corrected, that 
process gets changed. Then we also have this aspect of the higher ups. We've been reaching out to Kate Brown, who is the governor of Oregon. We've been reaching out to the mayor. We've been reaching out to uh, anyone that's like a, a higher up in the system that has right. the ability to um, uh, rec uh, clear her name and clear her crimes and drop these charges. Like, I don't know what that reversal process would be like. It seems like, you know, we're cooking up a plan here of what we right. can do to get her out. But so it's like not only preventing this from happening again, but addressing the trauma that has already happened and making sure Soraya is set up for success. And yes. in my opinion, legally to state for the record, I think compensated for the fucking trauma that she has been through that will then pay for her treatment and therefore thereon beyond. Yes. Just that. So there's like a couple pieces to this injustice, but the point being is like, we are in the fucking middle of it. Mm -hmm. We are in the middle of it right now. I also, um, have the opportunity to talk to someone uh, getting help to create Soraya's law, which right. would prevent counties in Oregon from being able to send first-time non-violent mental health-related offenders to prison. They would have to offer them mental health help first. So I'm calling a lobbyist tomorrow. Um, we still need to find a legislator to support the bill, but I, don't, I, I have to have faith. Something has noise. to change. You know, what they yeah. did to Soraya is so wrong, but it's become so much more than that because we've realized she's not the first. She's not the last. And I'm can sure we even happened. pass that law it while she's still happen. in there? Like, doesn't she need to come out for this to be done? Or I would there... love for her to be able to be there when this is signed into law, but I will fight like hell to get it done whether she's here right. or not. Wow. We so cannot like let this happen to another You're family. even going, that's what I'm saying, is like you're even looking so far ahead that you're saying, while my daughter is still in fucking jail, I am willing to make sure I'm doing the extra work mm -hmm. to make sure that this does not I happen. joined every systems of care committee that I could. Mm -hmm. um, systems of care committees really break down the different systems and levels of care that are accessible to mm -hmm. mentally ill, mm -hmm. uh, developmentally disabled, all mm -hmm. kinds of different spectrums of, mm -hmm. of illness to break down the individual screw-ups that these mm -hmm. places have you know what happened with Soraya's case was they said it was textbook people are so focused on their one job yep. that they're not looking behind them to see hey did this person do a b and c mm -hmm. nor are they having the foresight to say okay is this person going to know to do a b and c and Soraya just fell through all the, the cracks. cracks no referrals that were supposed to be put in for her came through you know, we were trying to get more intensive therapy, DBT therapy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I rapid the one that we talked yep. about, the rapid eye movement. The MDR, yep. They have a, a program called Kairos here. Mm -hmm. It's ran by wonderful people. They are so positive for these children, but you had to have a referral to get in there until the beginning of the year. Now a parent can just go there and sign their children up. You don't have to right. wait for the referral, but that wasn't an option for us when Soraya was home. So, so it's like, had she gotten into yeah. Kairos, this would not have happened. Period. So there is, let's go back to the sentencing. When did the sentencing happen? October 17th, 2019. So this is recent that this happened. Mm -hmm. And she yep. has now been, she was transferred to the, uh, she was uh, immediately taken to Oak Creek Correctional Facility. Which is up in Albany, which is three yep. hours away for you guys. Yep. And, and when they took her, I had my own episode, my own breakdown. I think I called everybody in the world and told them I was going to kill them. I mean, I don't remember doing it. I was so out of it. 
Um, so then I had to go deal with the Oregon State Police, prove I was not crazy before I was allowed to go visit my daughter. Because so you had was, a mental breakdown. You mm -hmm. had an emotional breakdown. My daughter was kidnapped legally right in front of my face. And Please find another mother that mm -hmm. is not going to react. And that's way. important to note because I don't want people to think that you have just been idly standing by letting mm -hmm. the system and you've just been following along. When you sense injustice, you have been fighting every fucking step of the way and yep. to expect to have what you thought was going to happen in the sentencing not happen and then find out it is potentially till she's 25. Mm -hmm. I just want people to realize like, I don't, you know, I think the instinct is to go like, oh, you went crazy. Like you uh, aren't stable. You like, you had a moment of bodily, your body took over this yeah. release. You needed yes. to have this fucking release. And mm -hmm. I think that is so fucking crucial to point out that we need to allow you to have had that happen and still be a functional fucking mother advocate. I checked human. myself in to the hospital. I voluntarily committed myself. Um, the doctor that came to talk to me held my hand. He cried with me. Uh, it was not, I was not a threat to myself or anybody else. Yeah. I was despondent. My heart was broken. I, Soraya is the other half of my heart. How do you live without your heart? So he gave me a prescription of medicine and sent me home. Um, and you absolutely and then CPS should be allowed to came again, and they're concerned about Piper and Mom had a mental breakdown. Oh my God. Well, Piper was with both of her grandmas and her father. I mean, she was perfectly safe. She but didn't how, even know where I was. How are we going to punish? How are we going to punish Piper? That, that they even would threaten that idea because now They've you it more need than once. fucking help, and you have been able to, like I said, have that happen and still be like, there needs to be room for both to exist. There right. needs to be room for you to have a fucking mental breakdown because your kid was fucking kidnapped mm -hmm. and for you to be a good mother and still advocate for her fucking release. Right. Both of that needs to fucking exist. If we can allow side tangent, if, but if we can allow Kobe to be a fucking sexual assaulter, a rapist and be someone who has done incredible work in this world and community and we can have space for that because he is a celebrity with money we need to recognize that people are multi-fucking faceted right and for you to i think if you hadn't had that mental breakdown i would question your sanity more yeah yeah me too if you had your daughter taken from you and you didn't have a fucking mental breakdown and i'd be like well maybe you know as a fucking playing devil's advocate i'd be like well maybe you know this is good for Soraya to be, mm -hmm. you know, away from someone who's, you know. Yeah. Oh, I've seen some comments that were pretty tasty. <sighs> and but I don't see the trolls, right? I'm following the advice. I've not, <laughs> I've not even let them know that I see them. But yeah, God they get right. me right in the gut. They want you to see it. And you know, yeah. the most interesting thing that I've seen is on these stories that are like, uh, you know, the articles and stuff. The comments are so supportive in regard to like validating that Soraya was indeed bullied like that she did have mental health issues like there have been people who are like I went to school with her and it was not fair how bad she was treated like there are people who are in the comments supporting you but that yep. doesn't stand out that I feel the same way is like that shit rolls off of me I take it in and I go wow thank you and then I'm like thank god I have this yeah. but the bad ones 
fucking stick to you. And I told you, there's I said, a lot you more don't positive that shit go, than negative, mm-hmm. but the negative is like, wow. How wow. can you say that? They don't recognize you're a human being. Do you have children? It says more about are, them. Are you a mom? Are you well, a dad? Well, that's the other thing is that your, your ADA, Karen McClintock, is a mother. <laughs> exactly. And the arresting officer of Soraya, Aaron Gilbert, knew Soraya was friends with his daughters, <sighs> knew that they were in the same class at school, knew of Soraya. He knew she was a good kid. And Holy he still shit. arrested her. I mean, it's that small of a town. We all, everybody knows each other. So Literally. you, you have this mental breakdown. You're able to recover from it. And you realize your daughter is three hours away and you guys yeah. are given visiting rights. I mean, now we're entering 2020. So we, we weren't allowed to see her for the orientation because my behavior cost us our visits. I had to wow. prove I was sane. Wow. And then we started getting to go see her every weekend we can visit on Saturdays and Sundays um it's about six hours of visiting that you can get you're in a huge room with a whole bunch of other people there's Mm -hmm. no privacy the prison was actually really good um they didn't let the girls see each other for almost six months and once Piper and Soraya wow we got to see them but they wouldn't let us see Piper they didn't know if seeing Piper was going to trigger Soraya mm. to go off the deep end and vice versa with Piper. And I kept telling them, no, no, you're causing more damage by, t- they're 10 years apart. Their bond is probably like stronger than my daughter, bond with yeah. my kids. She, Soraya and you talk is about, and right. all. You, know? you talk about Piper having this PTSD of police officers that she, she shakes, actually, she pukes, physically she throws up. The lease took my sister and they're not bringing her back. So she's not old enough to understand, you know, she, she's she, can't, she can't look at one police officer and be like, oh, okay, that's not the one. She looks at them and sees them all the same. And we and talk about these, you know, reality. one bad apples, but it's so much fucking bigger than that. It is yeah. exactly like what we're talking about, where it's not a, a, a cop who's in a blue shirt that's, you know, doing the, the punishing to a, a person who has committed a crime. This is a human being who knows your daughter and his friend his daughter is friends with your daughter yeah. like this is a human being who has put his emotional and um mental bias involved in the the actions that they are taking and i think that's what's yeah. important to note is like all of these people have it's almost like because they fucked up and there was injustice they have doubled down and everyone that i've talked to like media wise has said like organ is the fucking worst at this like they will never admit they were wrong yeah. and i think that's why kate brown has not came out yet like I've been tweeting at her I've been Instagramming her like I don't think we're going to be able to prove that they have done wrong because even recently I mean maybe we can get into this in a second but maybe let me rewind before I get into the fucked up shit about the system so you're visiting Soraya on the weekends we're now in 2020 we haven't been able to see her since March 13th was the last time because of COVID yep and has much changed beyond the um, the back and forth of like, she'll, she's allowed to go, but she has to admit she's done wrong. Like we're thinking about a residential facility. She's going to stay here. Like, you know, has there been anything other like big dramatic no. that has happened this year? Um, she was supposed to be leaving not once, but twice. We've been told she's about to get transferred right when COVID first started in March, her parole officer got a hold of me and told me she doesn't think Soraya is quite ready yet. She's afraid of the economy going back into recession and then inpatient facilities not taking any new mm-hmm. kids in there. So she was getting Soraya on the list to get her into mm-hmm. somewhere. 
she's been accepted into somewhere and Diana mm-hmm. won't let her go. That doesn't make and any sense. And there had been a time back last year where you actually got another uh, defense uh, attorney to look at the case as a potential. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you've had this yes. Facebook page where you said, fuck it, I'm putting everything yes. out there. After she got sentenced, yep. you said, fuck it, I'm putting everything out there. So there was even a time where another prosecutor or another defense attorney looked at this and was like, we're going to try and help and then sent everything back to you. Yes. And was like, and that they were appointed from the prison. They oh. were part of, so she got an attorney, well, she got legal representation from Lewis and Clark Law School, mm-hmm. who said that they put in an appeal. I don't think they ever did. Then her file went to uh, Youth Rights and Justice in Portland, and they said, you know, there's nothing that they can do. We need a new criminal, tr- we need a criminal trial attorney. So that's the other big thing is like, so many people are like, why doesn't she just file an appeal? Why doesn't her mom just file an appeal? That's like the next step. When we did our telethon last week, we got to the very high courts and Mm -hmm. they were so frustrated because so many people had called and they kept saying, we keep telling her she needs to file an appeal. Like as if an appeal isn't that easy though. An appeal means that you have new evidence in the case. But there is we no new evidence right. in the case. They had all the facts then. So we it can't really just say, reminds me. We don't me, like this. We want to do it over. It's like, no, what you have they to have- did here to my friend, Nick McGuffin. Wow. You know spent- him? Oh, yeah. I know Holy Nick. Shit. I was going to talk about that next. I know Nick. Um, I used to pump his gas when I first moved here. You know, Oregon, oh you can't pump your own gas in this state. Yeah. It's pumped for you. I'm like, ugh. I'm from northern Minnesota. My parents <laughs> never pumped their own gas. I've done this forever. Yeah, so yeah. easy job. He spent 10 years of yep. his life in prison mm-hmm. when they knew that the DNA didn't match him. He so did let's not talk about this. Crime. We're bringing back. Okay. So last week on our telethon, we bombarded the office of the ADA of Karen McClintock and mm-hmm. she panicked and called the DA who's her boss, who is Paul uh, Frazier. Yes who if you look, you take one Reddit search on this guy and everyone will tell you that the town fucking is terrified of him and knows he's an asshole. And uh, Shannon sent me a story that actually is very recent and I, I will put it linked below that I think everyone needs to watch because you will actually see Paul in it about the case of Nick McGuffin. If you just look it up, very bullet pointed story. His girlfriend went missing back when they were in high school and every evidence points to that she was abducted by out-of-towners who came through. Her shoes were found in different yep. places of the state. And, you know, it's this crazy story. ABC 2020 did a very long, like, six-part thing. I highly recommend everyone go watch it because the Innocence Project actually had to come in and re- do the work to get him released. But this man was picked up by, by fucking Paul Frazier, the DA, yep. and told that he was the murderer they had no physical evidence. They had no witness. They had no testimony. I mean, watching. they Other they than he dated her when they were 15. Yep. And that he yep. was like, he was hooking up with another girl who they kissed and like, it, it was high school drama. And they took that and fucking ran with right. it. And they didn't charge him with um, murder in the first degree, which was like intent to harm, but they charged him with right. manslaughter or like involuntary manslaughter or something where it was like, he didn't mean to do it, but he spent 10 years in jail because of Paul Frazier saying that he was the one who did this when they had DNA evidence on her shoes that were, were missing that I was telling you about that matched a different person. Yep. It did not match Nick McGuffin 
Innocence Project came in and said, what the fuck? Fucking scooped Mm -hmm. all of their shit up. And to this day, Paul Frazier, again, is doing exactly what they did to Soraya, where he is Mm -hmm. doubling down because they will not admit that they fucked up. And they are saying, well, just because his DNA isn't on the shoe doesn't mean he wasn't involved or didn't do it. And he was released from prison in February of this year, I believe. Yeah, it's after been serving recent. 10 fucking years. This yep. fucking DA, Paul Frazier. And listen to this. I did a little bit of research on him too. And in 2011, Paul Frazier's son was 17 years old at the time, Jacob Frazier, who you can't find anywhere on Facebook because mm-hmm. he's hidden his life raped gang raped with his friends a 13 year old girl the 13 year old girl admitted that she said she told them she was 15 but she was 13 Mm -hmm. they raped her it doesn't matter if what age she was they raped her he was charged with the assault and the rape of a minor it is mandatory in oregon for that charge to serve 75 months minimum in prison and Paul Frazier got his son to not have to serve a single day in jail and instead took three years probation and was promised if he completed the probation successfully, his entire record would be clean, mm-hmm. which it was. Meanwhile, his two buddies who also gang raped her are the only two faces of this case that you can find in the media. There are no photos of Jacob. There are no photos of his mugshot or arrest. But the other two guys, you can find everything on. They transferred he Jacob. To Douglas County, which is the county right next door because his dad was the DA. But you can't tell us that they don't run in the same circle. That was a mandatory sentence. There was no this is mandatory. If yeah. this was happening today, I maybe think it still would have gone away because it's such a small town and the system's so fucked. But imagine mm-hmm. that happening today. That is exactly like the Brock Turner case. Uh, yes. Brock Turner went to jail Ugh. for three months. His son did not even fucking serve time and guess what he has five kids two of them the older sons also back in 1999 were driving home from a valentine's day double date his two sons had two girls on dates with them and they were driving home from a valentine's day date the public has reason to believe that possibly they were drinking because it was a valentine's day dinner date and the car i'm making air quotes hydroplaned and they crashed and the two girls died and his sons walked away completely fine. And there was never a case into the car crash. The two girls' memorials and obituaries are very hard to find. There's very little information on the crash itself because this was 19 fucking 99. And then one of his sons that was in that car crash that walked away completely fine later did die in a car crash. So if that doesn't fucking give you karma, yeah. I am sorry, but this guy, Paul Frazier, does not need to be in fucking charge. He does not need to have any power. He does not to be, need to be instructing any ADAs or insist, assistants to be put in charge. If that's who Karen McClintock is taking orders from, we need to address that issue seriously. So maybe like wrapping up, bringing it up to today, I want to talk about how now you and I got connected and the media attention that all of a sudden, it's like, it's, you've talked about this on the, the interviews in your local towns reports that you think it's very unfortunate that George Floyd had to fucking die. Very. Breonna Taylor had to fucking die. Yep. And Ahmaud Aubrey had to fucking die to have people give a shit about Soraya. But you are so grateful and you are so um, 
acknowledging that you are so you are so sensitive to that that because of that people are fucking waking up to it and becoming emotionally the only reason that people are finally recognizing it and it shouldn't have taken that and i know i feel bittersweet being so grateful to these people but so sad at the same time that they paid a price they should have never had to pay but if they hadn't this might All have, of these other yeah. cases would not be coming out. Exactly. It had to that take a catalyst. Poor Elijah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't been... even read his yeah. story without wanting to vomit. I can't listen to his last words. I have a no. nephew that is very autistic, and I've wondered yeah, if, if, if was that was him walking like down the street. Yeah. But he's white, so he wouldn't have had to worry about it. Exactly. So, you know, you've really upticked the the justice and the media you have this you've had this facebook page justice for the number four soraya on facebook and tell me about the first like wave of attention that came recently that you saw um we've had one wave of attention before when i first started reaching out to the senators i believe the senators must have called and spoke with paul frazier and any semblance of help that we were going to get from them went out the window. They said that it was a matter of public safety and that we needed to contact an attorney. Um, I, I met a couple people down here protesting. You know, I made a sign for Soraya that said, my daughter's life matters. My mm-hmm. daughter's future matters. Mm-hmm. And black lives matter mm-hmm. with a huge picture that said, do all lives still matter? Asking for a kid in a cage. Okay. It's, it's got this really beautiful black woman on it. And I'll, when I look at her, all I see is Soraya in mm-hmm. 10 years out, hopefully not protesting for the same exact thing, but using sure her voice to help change yeah. the system. So uh, it started getting shared on social media. We mm-hmm. finally got some black representation involved. Mm-hmm. That really helped for propel sure. it yeah. through the roof was people just like Soraya seeing what happened and not having... They had the balls to stand up with us and be like, okay, yeah, this is And they did not have to, and they did not have to take on any more emotional labor, but they, that was a big part of getting it through to people. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, social media, you know, this cute girl did a TikTok Mm -hmm. video Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. Kelsey does a TikTok (laughs) video and all of my friends are like, so silly. It's being shared. I have a friend, Octavia. She has been such a staunch mm. voice for us yeah. in the community. She does TikTok videos and, mm. and all of the stuff. And it's really, you know, mm-hmm. I, I guess they would call me a millennial. I'm almost 40. Am I the millennial, yeah, millennial. generation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These Generation Z oh. have saved our ass. Saved us. These we talk about that every fucking 20-something-year-old <laughs> kids, you know, babies to me. Yep. They're half my age. Mm-hmm come out of the woodwork and they're not afraid to stand up to injustice Mm -hmm. the way that people my age have been taught you respect Mm -hmm. authority you don't question Mm -hmm. it oh hell no we're fucking shaking shit up yes i i i'm so appreciative Mm -hmm. for that me too i'm like they're bold (laughs) 
they are yeah. bold. They're very And so bold. the Facebook page has grown and that is like kind of the place where we've been sending people, but linked below is going to be a change.org petition. Yes. And it is, we are going to get signatures and we are going to demand that people take accountability. There's also going to be a GoFundMe page because during this entire thing, you have not asked for a single cent. In fact, when I brought it up, you shuddered at the idea, you pushed the help away and you said, I do not want people to put their money and like they know exactly where every single penny is going. And we have figured out, we have found someone that is willing to help us legally. We have found a couple big news sites that are willing to look into this with us. And so we have set up a GoFundMe because when this happens and our number one priority right now off camera that we, you and I are working on is getting you an attorney who will fucking fight for this. And this is not going to be cheap. And we are going to, fu- this GoFundMe is going directly to that. And anything else is going to be going directly to Soraya's treatment and care and making sure everyone's mental health and well-being to Piper to yes. you, making sure everyone is getting the right care, reflecting and respecting the trauma that has happened and, and doing everything we can to correct it. So we've got that. We've got the Facebook page. We're asking people to use the hashtag justice for Soraya again with the number four so that we can have people click on it. We've got very specific representatives. We have a list that, oh my gosh, this girl named Katie, who joined our telethon the other day, made a fucking Excel spreadsheet of all the the people's names and numbers. With a checklist. With a This girl went in, Katie, thank you. Yes, Um, thank you, Katie. I think her name's Katie Baker. She made that, you posted it to the Facebook page. There is updates happening every single day, and me and a film crew are coming up there next weekend to to film this and we want to amplify this and get this as loud as fucking possible because our biggest priority right now is getting Soraya to a treatment center period where she's not treated like a fucking prisoner and then once that is cool then we go into the getting justice and the and the Mm -hmm. reparations and then we go into you know changing the fucking system for good which how is this going so out of order that just goes to show you how frustrating it's been but again like hearing you and and your humanization of this and your love for your daughter and the strength that i know you do not feel that you do not have because you feel like you are not the hero you're just doing what you do because you love your daughter i want you to know that you have so many fucking people who support you and love you and want to see you happy and well. And the fact that you're able to sit here and smile and talk to so many news stations and tell this story over and over again. I, I look up to you, your strength and your resilience is so, I don't know how you do it, but I love you. you. I I love you like family already. We are going to figure this out. I want the confidants to rally behind you. I want us to scream this from the fucking rooftops. I want your frustration that you have felt every single fucking day in your chest and in your stomach and in your heart to be released and heard and carried by other people. I want to take this burden from you. And I want, I want so many things, but overall I want you to know how important what you are doing is thank you you are going to change the fucking world that you're going to change the fucking system and because you have such a good heart and you have been there to support her from the day of her coming out sexually from her identity issues to her mental health because you have been a good mother is the reason why all of this is going to change and the reason why this even matters and so that's my like 
I got to compliment you because I, I need you to know this, but you actually are going to a protest now today. Um, we are. In your town, which is going to be a very big deal because it is for uh, Alonzo Tucker, who was the only documented black man that was lynched in Coos County, which happened in- In the whole state. In the whole He's state. He's the only documented black man to be lynched in the entire state. Which we state. know is not fucking- And it happened here. They just right. weren't documented. We know right. it wasn't the only one. And so- but He's the only right. documented. Um, he was a boxer mm-hmm. and he was headed home to his wife. He, all he did wrong was walk through this town and, and was they killed him. Killed. So we're we're going to have a table set up for Alonzo Tucker. Uh, we did have a change.org petition for him and we did hit the amount of signatures that we needed. So we're fighting with the city. We would like to see a, a, a statue of Alonzo Tucker. Right. Absolutely. Something more than just a plaque that, you know, it's not like we're, nobody's blaming the people that are here now in the city now but they fucking but should. until <laughs> you understand it accept it take responsibility right. in whatever capacity you can and you memorialize the guy then you can move forward then you can yes. move forward from that and so just we'll hearing like yeah, for yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. so this is coming out the day after this so we'll have an update on how that protest went but obviously yes. like confidants if you've already just even heard like how that town is and the fact that they're doing this is like the fact that you even have emotional space to be taking this on too is it just goes to again show you. Do it. yeah just you're doing do it because it. it's right and it's the yep. right thing to fucking do so wrapping up because i know you have to go um if there's anything else that you want to plug i mean we've got the change.org the gofundme the facebook page Amplify. she has an instagram also mm-hmm there's an Instagram justice for Soraya that's being oh, run right. mm-hmm. by a really nice girl named Chelsea. Yeah, I'm going to meet great. her today. I'm really Oh, excited. you are? Yeah, I haven't got Tell to Tell her I said yet. hi. Take a picture. She's, I she and I have been connecting too. I'm going to take a lot of video, video right. for you guys for, me. for yeah. whatever you need yeah. it for. I'm going to exactly. try and take as much. There's yeah. supposed to be allies coming from all over the state. So we'll see and how I it fucking turns wish out. We, were there. Yeah. we need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as we announced our protest, counter protest were announced you know there's going to be kids here we Mm -hmm. are peaceful we're not trying Mm -hmm. to fight we're not burning or looting Mm -hmm. or destroying we're just trying to educate and raise awareness and they're going to come and really silence that yeah i have a funny feeling yeah please keep me updated and please stay safe and um of course confidence is going to be something that i'm talking about for a long time and that you can find more information on my social media as well uh, Shannon, thank you so much. Thank I know you, I'm going to talk to you later, but I just yeah. want to say like the confidants are behind you and thank you so much for giving us two hours of your time. To, yeah, to no talk problem. This. Hey, can I take a picture for my yeah. Facebook? Like, oh, oh my God. Of course. Because let's um, do this. I wait, wait, let me go get my sign. Hold on. Val, you hear yeah. your name, Val? Hi, She'll Val. be listening tomorrow. Thank you for uh, listening, Val. I love you. She adores you. Oh God, so, Val. Thank you. There's a shout out. Hold to on. Val. Let me get my sign. Hold on. <laughs> Val Dres. She's going to have a kitten. Okay. Oh, yes. This is good for the podcast. I fucked up the the number for the senator, but the point is, it's just. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Smile. I'm going to put Yay. that on my Facebook. Like, hey, oh, guys. I Bye. love it. And please go look at that Facebook page, you guys, because that's where it's going to be most updated. Confidence. Yes. Um, I love you. Please. Justice for Soraya. Soraya. Hashtag justice for Soraya. Okay. We'll see you next week.